here we go, man. This had to be done. I feel like I had to be the one that does it because this is what this brand is about. It's about celebrating the essence of the game, celebrating the art and the intricacies and the nuances of the game and really dissecting it, you know, and going in depth on it. You're right. And, and going beyond the surface level stuff like the narratives and the stats, you know, because this level that I speak on daily and, and have the privilege of speaking on thanks to you guys. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's it's a one in a million place, man. Like these guys that I'm about to name, you know, these 75 that I'm about to name, man, they, these guys are are once in a generation type guys from their city, from their community and things like that. Uh, you know, it, everyone just gets lost nowadays in, in discussions about who's this and who's that. At the end of the day, these guys are all monsters. And the gap, truth be told, isn't that big between everyone here. Uh, you know, this list, I want to say first and foremost, I have no problem. Well, I have I have a few. I have four problems. I have Dwight Howard, Kyrie Irving, Vince Carter, and Tracy McGrady were my problems with the NBA's all-time list. You know, but the NBA's all-time list, you got to understand, that's a celebration of its history, uh, of its rich history. And, uh, you know, uh, paying homage to its pioneers, paying homage to the guys that paved the way. Uh, and, you know, those guys that came before the guys that I'm about to name, were crucial, right? The pioneers, the Jerry Wests, the Elgin Baylors, the Wes Unsells, the Oscar Robertsons, uh, you know, uh, there's just so many guys that aren't going to be on my list, you know, because they were from a different time uh, because the game evolved, you know, the game got better, the game got more athletic, the game got faster, the game got stronger, the game got bigger, um, the game got more sophisticated in the way that it was played offensively, in the way that it's been played defensively. Uh, we're in an age now of just straight, straight up monsters. And we've been in this age from, you know, the 80s, 90s on, 2000s especially, you know, I think the real talent boom in the NBA uh, took place after 1996, after 1995. And I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, what we saw the OGs do in that time period when they came in, the game was still exiting its infancy, you know, but the game of basketball wasn't nearly as big then. And the game wasn't being marketed the way it was, you know, and it, this thing isn't discussed enough. But the moment you had this game marketed to the inner cities of the United States, to, you know, overseas and Europe and, uh, you know, South America and places like that, it blew up. It went to new heights, you know, especially the inner cities, because you ended up now. That's where the evolution really happened. You know, the evolution was because of the Dr. J's and, you know, because the Isaiah Thomases and the Michael Jordans and, you know, before them, there were so many other guys too. But that's when this game really became super cool and everyone wanted to be a part of it. You had guys in the, in the inner cities, you know, like basketball became their way out. Basketball became their way out for their family, how to make it out of the trenches. You know, they had to eat, sleep and breathe the game. Um, these guys were you know genetically gifted freaks of nature and then basketball became their life basketball became their breakfast lunch and dinner you know always on courts always playing outdoors you know working on their skills and just playing and hooping every day and getting more athletic through the training and that's happened right there's been such a explosion of talent of athleticism of skill to this day and it continues to grow and get better um, you see it in the league today right so you know, people may say, hey, this is disrespectful. You left those guys off. No, look, the NBA celebrated that. And that's what the NBA's list was. It was the greatest careers that they celebrated. You know, greatness is different from ability. It's a whole different conversation. You're looking at what someone achieved. You're looking at what someone's stats were. You're looking at what time someone's impact were in their specific time. Ability 
it's not constant like that. It, it, you need context. Who did you do this against? Who was your competition? What type of athletes were you playing against? What age did you come in? What was um, your, you know, your peers like when you came out? The NBA now is so damn hard to make. And it's been that way from like the 90s on, especially. Um, it, it's been a league that is just, you know, 12 spots per team, 450 spots. I've seen guys that were five spots, five-star prospects. I've seen guys that were overseas legends. I've seen guys firsthand that were, you know, a, a moment away. They had this window and it shut and it didn't come. And these guys were more than capable of being stars on this level. You know, it is a very, very hard level to make. That's why it's important to respect the game. You know, I think it's almost disrespectful to, oh, you know, he shouldn't be on this list. He didn't achieve this and that. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's not fair to him. You're going to say it's not fair to the older guys and the pioneers. They never had this technology and all these things. And they couldn't, you know, they couldn't, they just did what they did in their time and they, they stood out. Well, that's why they got their moment. You know, everyone celebrates them. Everyone understands who they are. They get their recognition, you know, because as far as greatness goes, they got their due. It's right here where you talk about ability and game. Who are the 75 best to ever step foot on a basketball court? The conversation changes because it becomes about skill. It becomes about athleticism. It becomes about, you know, you take evolution into account. You take into account your competition and how hard was it to make it in that time period? And, you know, who, what did you have to do to become the player you were, you know? Um, and, and, you know, just to see the performance that these guys have now and see the performers that we've been seeing from the 90s on, 80s on. It's been ridiculous, man. So we're going to get this started, man. I got 25, and then we got 26 to 55, and then the final 25. That's who I'm going to kick it off with. Um, these guys are the guys that this was really hard. This was the tricky part. Who are the final 20? The first 50, I will say it was pretty easy for me. I'm going by eye test. I'm going by skill. I'm going by ability first and foremost. Resume matters. Stats matters. Um, you know, and, and uh, longevity matters, of course, uh, impact, obviously, but like a lot of those things, team success, situational, uh, you know, a lot of those accolades are very situational accolades. There's guys that would have been all NBA repeatedly, but the thing is they weren't in a certain time period, they weren't allowed to move around and go on winning teams and, and adjust their situation like that. So they just never got those all NBA nods because they were just in losing situations. Right. And they never had control of the roster like guys do now. Um, but outstanding talents. When you look at this list at the end of it, we may not agree. There may be certain names that you would have left on or off or whatever, but you will be looking at a list of pure talent in this advanced stage of basketball, just nasty talents, right? And to the pioneers, man, much respect to them. But it's unfair to today's guys to say that, oh, um, you know, a Jerry West is better than a modern day freak of nature or an Elgin Baylor is better than a modern day skilled, trains three times a day, takes care of his nutrition, has a chef monitoring every little cow, every single nutrient that goes in his body, you know, in the weight room, on the court with a trainer, studying film, uh, rehab, recovery, all those things. And then, you know, had to be one in a million to make it out of where he came from and then had to be one in a million to make it out of college and one in a million to make it to the league in his age, ultra competitive age. You know, we've been in, in just like this explosion of talent from every position. The guards evolved from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, you had the street ball boom, you had the athleticism, you had the plyometrics, you had the strength training, everything blew up. And these guys are all a product of that, that I'm going to name. You know, these guys 
uh, point guards and shooting guards and wings. You know, it, it, we went to new heights, man. Today's player is bigger, stronger, faster, more skilled, more polished. But the biggest thing is he's playing in a more sophisticated time, offensively, defensively, in a more, much more, hundred times more competitive time. There's no more. You know, these guys didn't have to. These guys didn't have the luxury of playing in an era where guys in the summer have two jobs, where guys in the summer aren't even training, where guys in the summer aren't even. Um, you know, playing basketball, like they're working, they're working their second job. You know, they, they didn't have the advantages of, Hey, if I stay clean, the rest, a lot of guys in the league are doing drugs, hard drugs. You know, I'm going to be highly respected. You know, they didn't have the um, luxury of, Hey, if I'm the best player in my city, I'm the best player in my state, I'm guaranteed to be a big time star in the NBA. That's how it was for a lot of those vets. Uh, so a lot of those pioneers and OGs, it ain't like that no more, man. This shit, you got to grind and crawl and 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 really be lucky to get to this level just to get a look and get a moment here so these guys i'm kicking off man all eye test ability and talent think about their game you know and then we'll bring all the other stuff into it because that stuff matters too and it got a lot of these guys in it but i i gotta look at what era did this happen in who were you going up against and you know what yeah, there's got to be context to it i'm not gonna be excited about someone that achieved this amount of stats and accolades in a time period where it was easier to do it and he didn't have that competition you know number one first name i want to kick this off uh, absolute talent, you know, Brandon Roy, one of the most polished guards of his time. Uh, he got injured. It was hard putting him on this list because he got hurt. He had a three-year run. He was a three-time All-Star, though, and he was taken off. His game was very, very mature for his age and experience level. When he came out of UW, you know, just took the league by storm, rookie of the year. And uh, you had a guy that was, you know, just ridiculously polished, a three-level score. Uh, you know, a guy that was yeah flawless. You saw what Kobe said about him, and that's everything you need to know. You know, that's a guy that's the, the best in the world to me, the best ever to me. Look at what he said about Brandon Roy, and that's all you got to know about Brandon Roy, period. You know, that that dude is one – that version of Brandon Roy is one of the 75 best to ever step on a basketball court. You know, and you put him in any area previous, he just gets better and better and ranks higher. But to him doing what he did in that era with the Kobe's and T-Max and D-Wade's and LeBron's and Carmelo's, um, it's ridiculous. You know, he stood out and he shined right away, and it was because of his arsenal and his skill set. Uh, name number two right now. You know, again, these are not in order. None of these are in order. I'm just naming 25, 25, and 25. Uh, they're grouped in the final 25, the 26 to 55, and the top 25. Uh, number two, I want to kick it off, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge had one hell of a career, a long career, uh, 20,000 points. But LaMarcus Aldridge was highly skilled. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge uh, put up, you know, great numbers and then on top of that his skill level in the mid-range uh to do what he does on the low block just his passing ability and his iq uh you know and he was great with dame he was great with so many guys great with brandon roy great with dame great with Kawhi, great with duncan great with you know the spurs when he was there and and now he's being still to this day great with um you know kevin Durant and kyrie irving and james harden and those guys that's a timeless skill set man that's a guy that really the power forward position there's got a lot of these power forwards i'm about to name Deep, they came in the golden age of power forwards, man, when it was very, very competitive. The position was at its best. Uh, just making the league at that position was tough, let alone shining in this league in this age. Incredible, man. That's a top 75 that I've ever seen step foot on the court. And I think in any previous era, he'd be, you know, he'd get better and better at that position. Um, 
Next one, we got John Wall. John Wall's speed, athleticism, and, and burst uh, paired with his skill level is freakish stuff. You want to see the evolution of the game? Go look at the 50s, 60s, 70s guards. Look how they move, and then go watch John Wall. It doesn't look human. You would think that it's a sped-up film. You know, just go watch John Wall in high school. You know, that's how far we've come. That John Wall in high school, you throw him in the 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah, you could say this is impossible, but I'm just saying it ain't fair, right? I guess it's not because you put that guy in any era previously, he's a machine. He'd be, you know, looked at as the greatest human ever. Uh, had a great run so far in the NBA. I think he'll continue. Um, all-star, all-NBA, all-defensive guy, uh, a guard that really shined, uh, you know, at the start of that decade. And, uh, you know, he, he if when it's all said and done, I think John Wall has a, a borderline Hall of Fame career. But more than anything, from an eye test standpoint, you're looking at a freak of nature that had skills and playmaking ability and defensive ability. He was going at the best of the best at his position every night. Uh, you you gotta you gotta honor that. Uh, Pau Gasol, uh, Pau Gasol was coming out of Europe. You know he's a part of this evolution too. The evolution of the big, the evolution of uh, the European player. You know the the skill level that he had, the smarts that he had, um, his ability to pass the ball, shoot the ball. Uh, you know, and really be effective within an offense. You saw what he did in the triangle. Pau Gasol really blew me away when, you know, he shook off that soft label because look who he went. He conquered it against Kevin Garnett. Think about it. The biggest dog at that position, arguably played in the finals, played with Kobe, played with a guy that, you know, I consider the best to ever do it and shined with him and helped him win two rings. They don't have that without him, right? He just retired. One hell of a talent, uh, advanced talent, came in an age in the golden age of power forwards, man, competitive position, athletic position, physical position, and Pau Gasol always held his own. And Pau Gasol was an NBA champion because of his skill level. Uh, Yao Ming, Yao Ming came in at seven, six, uh, you know, and, and people questioned him. People questioned who he would be. Uh, his career ended abruptly. So he slept on, but Yao Ming, when he was Yao Ming, it was crazy because he was able to do everything and he was able to do it comfortably. You know, he was just a skilled player, uh, he was a guy that could see over the defense at that size, but pass the ball. He had that fade, the turnaround, and, you know, he he was just such a good player in terms of in the pick and roll. He's very versatile. Uh, he, he could kind of play in any era, I felt like, at that position. He could walk in today, uh, all-star multiple times, and, uh, you know, put up great numbers, had the success that he did with that Rockets team. And, uh, you know, it, it sucks that it ended abruptly, but Yao Ming's a legend. And Yao Ming's a legend in his country, and Yao Ming pushed the game forward. You know, I don't think we're going to see a 7-6 guy do those things like that. Uh, this one right here, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler kicks this off for the wings because, like Brandon Roy, Jimmy Butler is uh, – when I see Jimmy Butler, the player, I see a guy that is – he is the evolution of the wing position, right? From what we saw the David Thompsons do, from what we saw the Elgin Baylors do, what we saw uh, Alex Englishes do. It's everything is just, if you want to watch, just go watch a Jimmy Butler clip and watch a clip from then. Watch how sharp the cuts are. Watch how quick the cuts are. Watch how quick the release is. Um, watch how strong the sweep is to the cup. Watch how physical he is at the rim. You know, watch how guys bump off of him. Watch how guys uh, that are other, free, other freakishly athletic guys that are working on their body three, four days a week, five days a week you know, doing all the things that he does, watch how they, you know, bounce off him and can't guard him. And then when you can make the shots uh, more than anything, you know, also defend. And, uh, but the, the way he did it in the advanced stage, he's done it in uh, is, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. You put this guy in previous eras, I think his stock and his status in the league goes up because, you know, that size, that skill level and that physicality and athleticism, man, that's freakish level stuff. Don't get it twisted. 
that right there is one in a million type stuff. You know, Jimmy Butler could go to any open run in the country, put up 90 on your local pros if you really wanted to. Uh, all-time freakish talent, could put up 40, put up 50, had a great run, all-NBA, uh, all-star, uh, you know, took a team to the finals. Uh, but I test-wise, if I look at Jimmy Butler, that is a very, very advanced wing, much like Brandon Roy. Uh, it doesn't get much more better than these guys. Like, it'll be a couple, well, not a couple, but, a, you know, a few dozen maybe wings that are ahead of him. Uh, that means a lot. Uh, next guy I got right here is Darren Williams, another guy that at that point guard position, we've never seen a guy that was that much of a bully with that type of skill set, with that type of shot making off the off the catch, off the dribble, moving without the ball. Uh, you know, he, he was a guy that had that nasty quick cross, had that crazy handle, uh, tight handle, you know, and uh, but really quick with it. And then he bump you. He'd bump you in a guy, a guy that dominated in an age of great guards. You know, him and Chris Paul were at the top of the game at one point as the two best point guards in the game. And the game was really very, you know, it was a tough era of basketball, tough era defensively, stacked, stacked with guards, stacked with talent. And Darren Williams always took his teams deep. Again, another guy that had a short run, so you may question why he's on here. But, man, the eye test at his peak, I know what I saw, and I think a lot of his peers know what he saw. You put this guy in any previous era, he is cooking. He's eating. Uh, you could keep saying that, hey, it's not fair to throw him in another era. Well, then it's not fair to say that those guys from that era are better basketball players than these guys because they're not. They just aren't. You know, These guys are just the evolution of the game. They took what they did and multiplied it by 10 physically, skillfully, and just competition-wise. It's, it's on another level, man. Um, again, monster talents that I'm naming, by the way, monster talents that if you mention their name in their city or the school that they came from, people are just nodding their head and just saying it was unreal. You know, um, uh, Chris Bosch, Chris Bosch, the next guy that I got on here uh, is uh, at that power forward position, man. Imagine Chris Bosch in today's game. You know, he was slept on a little bit after the heat years because he sacrificed. But uh, what Chris Bosch was at that position you know, he he was like a product of Garnett, product of those guys, Chris Weber, as a lefty, and and to be able to step it out, shoot the ball, play in the pick and pick and roll, and pick and pop, and things like that, um, do it so comfortably. You know, put up uh, twenty four and ten at his peak, sacrificed his role, and uh, you know, really won championships with the Heat. At the and again, that was a high high level of basketball that Chris Bosh was shining in, an elite time in the league. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget Chris Bosh, the year, man. It was it hurt because the year he got blood clots, he looked like the best power forward in the game again. Uh, when LeBron had just went back to Cleveland, it was him and D-Wade. He was cooking. Go look at the numbers. Go look at the eye test. Go look at the ability. Chris Bosh in today's day will be a, a, a fucking problem, man. He would fit in so beautifully and so naturally. Uh, next guy I got on here is Alonzo Mourning. Alonzo Mourning in the 90s, uh, in the golden age of centers, was a very physical, very uh, skilled player. You know, on the low block, the game was played inside out that time. He always made teams better uh, on both ends, defensively, offensively. And, uh, you know, he, him being able to do things and be an enforcer down low, uh, him being able to back guys down and, and, you know, punish guys and then have that soft scoring touch around the rim, um, you know, and those little banks. He was a true traditional big, but his resume was dominant his stats were dominant and he made teams better um, I was so happy when he won that ring in 06 and completed the puzzle uh, Alonzo Mourning did it all Alonzo Mourning was one of the most respected bigs in the golden age of bigs you know centers uh, next one I got right here is uh, Penny Hardaway Penny Hardaway you know Penny Hardaway had so much talent that you know he should be in this next group of the 26 to 51 possibly 25 Penny Hardaway out of this world, you know, another guy, evolution of the game at six, seven, a point guard that was moving around. Like they're looking for a Penny Hardaway now, 
right? <laughs> the Lucas are like, that's Penny Hardaway's now. And think about how valuable that is. But that time when he came in, we hadn't seen a six, seven. It was like magic, but a little more, you know, magic with a little more athleticism, magic with a little bit more, you know, flair and just a swagger. And in the 90s, all the 90s, you know, all the 80s babies, they tell you all the time, Penny was our favorite player because Penny had that flair that could rival MJ. He had that swagger that could rival MJ. Uh, but his talent level with his passing, with his shot making, with his ball handling ability, that he could run the floor and control the offense. It was just beautiful to watch, man, and, and all-time talent. I'm so happy he's coaching now and giving back to the game. Uh, you know, he didn't ultimately, uh, you know, because the injuries, he didn't get to get to the level that he could have got to. And, uh, you know, rehab and things like that weren't up to par yet. Penny Hardaway in those years that he came in, man, it was incredible to watch. And it is one of the best talents that ever stepped foot on a basketball court in the 90s and all-time, you know, um, a key part of this evolution of the game of basketball. Uh, next guy I got on here is uh, Dikembe Mutombo. Dikembe Mutombo, again, much like Alonzo Mourning, you know, it was so hard putting him on here, but it was so hard leaving him off. He didn't put up points like that, but man, defensively speaking, you're looking at a guy that had the job of guarding the best centers when the center position was at its peak, and um, that means a lot to me, you know, because you know he he was a, a force at down low defensively, and uh, you know he made teams better wherever he went as well. Uh, look up the numbers and resume. That's what really got him in. But I, I, I do understand who who Dikembe was as a rim protector when rim protectors were very, very important. You know, uh, next guy we got on here, Tony Parker, the greatest uh, French basketball player of all time, a four-time NBA MVP. Uh, sorry, a four-time NBA champ, finals MVP. Uh, did it all, led a dynasty, was the point guard for a dynasty, got the situation, made the situation better. Um, Tony Parker was lightning quick. Tony Parker in the lane had a, this teardrop, had the spin move, and he was very unguardable, very crafty. And, um, you know, at the highest level of basketball, always shined. You know, Tony Parker is an all-time talent and, and doesn't get the respect he deserves to this day. But hopefully this gives it to him a little bit. Um, you know, next name I got on here is uh, Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen, many of you may, um, you know, think, hey, why is he uh, ranked so low? You know, Scottie Pippen to me, you know, right now he's trying to sell books and shit, so he's saying stuff. But Scottie Pippen was great. He was the perfect second guy for the greatest basketball player of all time defensively um, in terms of initiating an offense, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, playing defense at the rim, playing defense on the wing, uh, and just, you know, being a guy that was a great all-around player. But I can't – I just can't put Scottie over lead wings. I can't put Scottie over this next group of lead wings who had defenses designed to stop him and defenses still couldn't stop him. Scotty wasn't like that. He was the perfect second guy and he made a great situation successful and he made it, you know, he brought a lot of glory there, but um, Scotty Pippen, you know, he, he, I think he belongs in this group right here. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Jermaine O'Neal is a beast at the power forward position. Um, defensively speaking, offensively speaking, he had this beautiful turnaround. He could step it out a bit. Again, an evolution of the power forward position. Uh, he had this just high arcing, high release arc jumper, but it was so hard to block and it would always go in. You know, um, he, he had nice footwork on the block and uh, put up great numbers, you know, in a monster age of power forwards and advanced age of athletes. Uh, you know, it was an all star every single, you know, perennial all star, I think six, seven time all star, maybe. Um, Defensive player of the year candidate, uh, incredible rim protector. You know, Jermaine was blocking Shea. You, you, he made people run out the paint, you know, and uh, athletically speaking, skill wise, and things like that, competition advancements in the game. Jermaine's a force, man. You put him in any previous era, he'd be they'd be looking at him as the best power forward, I feel like, in the 80s or 70s. Um, you know, again, another product of that 
you know, street game, another product of the evolution of, you know, the inner cities getting basketball and, and it blowing up and him just taking to the to the maximum heights. Uh, next guy I got on here is um, Reggie Miller. You know, Reggie Miller's resume doesn't actually blow me away. The numbers don't either. The 18, three and three and, you know, all those years, he was still only a five time all star. There's a lot of guys that I feel like in that position could have done more probably with that type of freedom that he had. But I do know what Reggie did at his peak. He boxed with Mike. He bumped with some of the best of the best. And uh, he was a cold-blooded clutch assassin, you know. So, And and who he is as a shooter gets him on here for sure. Um, I was going to give this spot to Bradley Beal, but I couldn't. It was just too long of a run. His longevity is too much. Uh, legend, you know. Uh, would be better probably in today's game as a, as a three third third option, but as a spot-up guy, you know, in the Clay Thompson role. Uh, next guy I got on here is Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, actually, um, because, you know, you're looking at the greatest spot-up shooter probably ever. Uh, did what Reggie did, did what Pedro Stakovich did, but did it at a high level, at a championship level for a dynasty team. And then defended the Kyries, defended the best of the best on the other end, you know, and that means a lot. You know, Clay's a dog, I think, and, and Clay's a guy that's a competitor, loves basketball, shined on the brightest stage, and, uh, you know, really – maximize who he could be and I, and I hope to see him come back and continue to do that but what really got him in for me was the 60s I'll never forget the 60s Clay going off for 60 in like 25 minutes on like what 11 dribbles I think getting 50 and 60 it's the highest thing in basketball you know like a championship requires a team and all those things that's like kind of out of your control but when a motherfucker can go on a basketball court and just drop 50 by himself or 60 that means the world at the NBA level that means the world to me straight up you know if you're talking individual game that means everything um you know, next guy I got on here is uh, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp, uh, again, in that big-time era of basketball, you know, where it was physical, where it was brute force and strength. And, you know, he was a guy that really was uh, a part of the evolution again. Sean Kemp jumping out the gym at that size, at that uh, position. Uh, they hadn't seen that before, the way he was tearing the rim down. Uh, Larry Johnson, I had to get, I was about to give Larry Johnson this spot, but I gave it to Sean Kemp because Sean Kemp was a little more decorated. Sean Kemp played in the finals, had a great run with Gary Payton and those Sonic scenes were elite to watch, you know, and Gary, Sean, uh, Sean could do a little bit more than just be a dunker, but it's the dunking and the athleticism that really pushed the game forward. And it was the physicality and the way he played above the rim at that size. It was like a football player jumping out the gym. You know, again, another guy that if you were to show footage of in the sixties and seventies of what was to come because of those guys, like they'd be like blown away. It wouldn't even look human. Um, and then the next guy uh, I'm going to name next to Sean Camp is Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, uh, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the accomplishments, if you look at the resume as he came in, but more than anything, if you look at the vibe that surrounded Blake Griffin when he came in, when he was the first pick, it was like, yo, this type of athleticism at this position, the way he's moving so fluently um, as a power forward and the way he can run the floor and handle the ball and step out with it a little bit, but the way he's fucking just punishing the rim and dunking and, and throwing it down, it was game-changing stuff. That's why he was the number one pick in that stacked draft class. Um, and the game kind of changed on Blake, and then everything kind of changed, you know. But remember, Blake in his years with the Clippers when the game was still played inside out for the most part, Blake when he was still, you know, power being a power forward and having your offense run through a power forward is important and playing in the pick and roll with Chris Paul is a monster, you know, and it's a shame those Clippers teams never made it to a finals because I think he would have showcased his ability on that level a lot. Um, but yeah, Blake Griffin, look up the resume, look up the numbers, then do the eye test. You're looking at a fucking freak of nature and you're looking at a once in a generation type athlete at that position. You know, he kind of reminded me of Sean Kemp, like a cleaner version of Sean Kemp um, in terms of in the way he played the game. 
<clears throat> Next guy I got on here is one of my favorite players of all time to watch, uh, Steve Francis. You know, Steve Francis was – these guys were like an extension of Zeke Isaiah Thomas, who's in my top 25, actually. Uh, these guys brought that street element to the game. They brought that – um, you know, that chip on the shoulder, you know, these are the guys that I'm saying they got the game the, the in the hood, you know, and, and they had to make it out of the hood through it with the game, you know, of basketball. And literally Steve Francis went from the streets to college, to the NBA and took the NBA by storm. I hate that he didn't play for our Vancouver Grizzlies kind of turned the back, turned his back on us, but fuck, I can't deny the talent, man. It was out of the world. Uh, athleticism at that position. You hadn't seen guards. I'm going to name these next three together. Just makes sense. Let's do it right now, actually. Steve Francis, Stephon Marbury, and Baron Davis are right here in this group for me. And they inspired today's guards in a way. The Dames, the Kyries, the Stephs all looked up to them at a point. You know, Derek Rose and Kemba Walker, they all looked up to these guys. And um, obviously Iverson, too. But those three guys may not have, like, multiple all-star selections. That was situational, too. Teams weren't that good. They didn't have many pieces around them. But when they did, they were all-stars year after year. And, uh, you know, again, it was a more of a big man game then. And they weren't really looked at to play this style then. It was looked down on to play how they wanted to play. The street game, the handles they had, it was just nasty. Coming in the lane, you hadn't seen point guards dunking on guys like that. You know, you had seen the ankle breakers and things like that. But getting in the lane and dunking on cats and, you know, dropping dimes and no-look passes and just the talent that they had, the ability they had, and the physicality they brought and the chip and shoulder that they played with, man, it was phenomenal stuff. And, uh you know, it, it was, uh, again, one in a million type stuff. If you mention those names in the cities they're from, those guys look at them as gods of the sport, you know. And to this day in L.A., Brandon Davis, one of the most respected guys. And look at all the talent that's come out of L.A. And they're like humbled by Baron Davis's presence as a player. You know, Steve Francis, same thing. You know, um, think about it. Kevin Durant one of my goals was just to be better than Steve Francis. You know, coming from where I come from, uh, Stephon Marbury, <laughs> a legend in New York. You know, um, it doesn't get much better than that. So, those three guys really changed the game. But they had outstanding talent. Outstanding talent. That's when the guard position really started uh, blowing up late '90s. And you had these guys that were part of the street boom. You had these guys that were coming from the inner cities. Athleticism was there. They were coming out of the AAU circuit, and it was just like game changing. Everything you see today with the golden age of guards. Thank these guys for it. They really made that shit, you know, cool and nasty and, you know, you know, glamorizing. And you wanted to be it. You wanted to do it. The next guy I got on here, Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler was a force, man. In his time period, what he did and what he achieved at that position, man, is phenomenal. And one night at his peak, you know, at his peak years, he was going at it with Michael Jordan. And that means everything, you know. Uh, he was, again, he was a very one of the guys that was pushing the game forward because he had athleticism. He had shooting ability in the mid-range. Um, and he could do things in terms of scoring the ball, the finger roll that he had, that nice touch scoring, you know, back then was the game was very, you know, um, mid range driven. And, and it was just like he had it all one dribble pull ups and the baseline jumper and, you know, little turnarounds. And then he could shoot the three ball as well. Uh, on top of that, you know, his ability to play above the rim and just be a, a freak athlete, you know, and then pair that with skill, pair that with his resume, pair that with the stats. He's a lock, you know. I think there's been better wings that came ability-wise, but those wings wouldn't exist without Clyde Drexler, what he did for the game, I feel like. You know, and again, boxing with Jordan at your peak, that's no small thing. Uh, you know, next guy I got on here is uh, Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson was a seven-time All-Star. Clutch, put guys on the floor. You go look at Joe Johnson's highlight reel. He made defenders look real foolish. You know, he floored them. He, he, he. Um, you know, was able to be a, a closer for great teams. And he was a guy that 
really at, at his position in his time period was playing the game similar to like a James Harden. You know, it, it was just wasn't a lot of these guys I'm naming, man. The everyday casual that's going to look by stats and resumes is going to be confused. But you got to understand the era these guys played in. It wasn't like how it is now. They weren't allowed to just run and gun and chuck and do whatever and have the ultimate freedom. They kind of had to break out of it, earn that trust, get the green light barely and then do it. And even then, it was still kind of looked down on it. And, you know, they were disrespected. Oh, so Joe Johnson's a lock. Uh, the next guy I got on here, ability-wise, Joe Johnson, the eye test was just nasty. You know, speaking of nasty, you know, and I got to honor nasty, but I'm also saying these guys had resumes. Jamal Crawford, he makes it. Uh, Jamal Crawford, again, if you look at who he was, and I got to explain these ones because, like, people are going to be like, why? But because the resume and the stats don't jump out, but the eye test was just ridiculous. If you mention this guy's name to Hoopers, you know, they, they don't have any words for it because Jamal Crawford at his peak coming off the bench gave D-Wade in the Heat 52. Jamal Crawford at his peak was going at it with Kobe on any given night. Jamal Crawford at his peak was going at it with Allen Iverson and, you know, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Kevin Durant. You would if, I, if you were to show basketball to someone for the first time and they watch Jamal Crawford on the night he got the green light and got to play his game, they think he's a superstar in the league. And uh, look, he got hit with the six-man label and his career changed. It took a turn. You know, Jamal Crawford, when he came in, another guy that had that street element to his game, all this talent as a 6'5 point guard, but it wasn't looked down to, you know, you go run and gun and chuck and be this creator. It was looked down on. The game was still played inside out, so they weren't even allowed to play like that. And he kind of did, and he, he was a rebel in a way in the way he played. And, you know, it, it sometimes it knocked him in a bad way. You know, the, the, it maybe created a bad perception for the managers at the time or maybe coaches, you know, because he was doing things like he was an outstanding talent, but he was held back. He never got that franchise tag. And then he became a six man. But once he figured out the six man thing, I think he's truly the greatest six man ever because Manu wasn't a full time six man. And then this guy right here made every team better Atlanta, the Clippers, because of his ability to do things off the bench on any given night. He looked like a superstar. Right. And you pair that with the fact that, you know, there's guys in the top 25. Jamal Crawford shook him, gave him buckets, you know, made their knees buckle and then just put 40 or 50 on him off the bench. You know, and then you look at the resume. The resume is real. You know, three six men, three six men of the year. Um, you know, nearly twenty thousand career points. If you do include the playoffs, it's twenty thousand. Uh, you know, had a twenty-year run, had fifty points on four different teams, had fifty-one in his last full game. Oldest player ever to do such a thing. That's a representation of just being a purist and and being a master of your craft. Uh, playmaking was out the world. Handle was out the world. Top five handle ever. Um, shot making, mid range, and all those things. You know, and a guy that. Um, you know, sixth all time and three pointers made, man. Like, come on. And then you put up the numbers that he put up at his peak, peak years. They were great numbers um, in that time period. You know, imagine what he would have done with a green light if he was a franchise guy, if he was the lead guy, if he was given that freedom to play every night. Jamal Crawford coming out of college, playing this game right now, he would have been perceived similar to like a LaMelo ball with the talent he has at that size. It would have been crazy, you know, but he was just in the wrong era. And then he got a certain label, but he still managed to make a 20 year career out of it. It's huge success. I test out the world. Nasty talent. Um, next one I got on here, DeMar DeRozan. Another guy, when I look at him, the evolution of the wing position. You know, taller, stronger, faster, jumps out the gym, and then all the skills in the world. You know, they were able to take what the Clydes did and the Jordans did and implement it into their game. They came from where they came from and, you know, had this street element, played with the chip on their shoulder, had these incredible high school legendary mixtapes. And, you know, we're just playing in an era where it was so competitive at that wing position, man. So hard to make it. And, um, you know, they made it. They made that shit and they, and they dominated. They did their thing night after night, you know. And um, 
to this day, if you look at his resume, if you look at his stats and he's what he's done and who he is as an individual talent, it's incredible stuff, man. So you got to honor that. Again, looking at him, I see an advanced talent, advanced wing. The last guy on here, he's not the last guy on the list. He's just on this list, though. Uh, very important to have him on here. Manu Ginobili, another guy, lefty, came from Argentina, you know, so skilled, so uh, acrobatic, so unique in the way he played the game, um, you know, out of the world. And in that great situation that he was in, fucking maximized it, made it better than what it was, became the Spurs go-to guy in the Olympics, put on a legendary performance with Argentina in 04 in Athens. Um, the skills he had, the acrobatic ability, the body control, the showmanship that he had, he had some things that Kyrie has. He has some things that a James Harden has. He had that talent. You never got to see him be the lead guy then. You know, on some nights he was the third guy, some nights second guy. But in this era right now, Manu Ginobili, you put that Manu Ginobili in today's game, with this freedom and this spacing and say, go play your game. He'd be looked at as one of the best guards in the sport, you know, and an absolute legend an absolute talent. And, and one of the best we've ever seen, you know, one of the best shooting guards we've ever seen playing the game. Again, you won't be able to look strictly at the numbers. The championships are there. You got to go really watch this guy's game. He was a master of his craft. So that concludes the top 20 of the first 25. Now we're going to go on to the next. These ones I don't got to explain as much. It's just, you know, you get it. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is right here in this group for me. Um, generational ability, generational talent, mobility that he has, athleticism he has. I think, you know, if you look at the only thing, on the only knock I have on him, and it's not his fault, is that he didn't play in the golden age of power forwards. And I'm going to name some of those guys. He didn't play in that golden age of power forwards, but I never got to see him go against a Garnett, a Duncan, a Dirk, or, or even like a Chris Weber. But Anthony Davis, who he is, he's my age. So I've really studied Anthony Davis and watched him close from a young age, you know, in high school and things like that. Uh, generational stuff, man. Uh, what he did in the 2020 finals won't be talked about enough for some reason. Maybe it's the bubble. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because he didn't have the finals MVP, but. Uh, a nightmare, man. And, and that was like a journey that he went on. Like in Pelicans years, he was putting up 55 and 25. First of all, look at the numbers. Look at the peak numbers that he put up. Um, and then look at the ability. You know, I think he has the most skill set probably. If you were to just take a guy to a gym by themselves and work him out, he's probably the mo most diverse and versatile offensively in terms of his uh, game at the power forward position. Because I don't think Garnett could – Garnett's the other one, but I don't think Garnett could go out to the wing and look like a small forward at times. You know, Garnett could do it. Garnett did it all. But like Anthony Davis was a little sped up. Anthony Davis was a little more fluid and smooth with everything. Um, not putting him above Garnett at all or Duncan. But, you know, he's right behind him, Dirk. And uh, Duncan Garnett and Dirk, I think, is the best power forwards to ever play this sport. You know, a freak of nature with all the skills. Come on. Uh, Paul Pierce, you know, a three-level score, a polished assassin, another evolution of the wing, but he had old-school game, and he paired it with new-school skill, new-school swagger, new-school um, approach, you know, and uh, uh, not, you know, early on, Paul Pierce was actually really athletic, jumping out the gym. Uh, the way his fo his footwork was impeccable, um, he was strong, the way he used his body, and the way he knew how to score the ball, shot-making, and things like that you know, a legend and one of the best to do it. I think his resume is the one thing that got him into this first, in the second group right here. Um, you know, to beat Kobe Bryant, beat LeBron James, who can say that I beat LeBron and Kobe in the playoffs repeated, like in the same year, you know, and uh, at their peaks, like that's just shit. That's just legendary shit. You can say whatever you want about Paul Pierce. You know, you go look up the footage, look up the resume, look at the stats, and then just look at what he did to the best of the best. He cooked Mount Rushmore. That's fucked up, you know. That means everything. Um, 
Moses Malone, man. Moses Malone had to put him on here. I didn't see Moses Malone play like that, but I'm looking at Moses Malone's resume. Then I look at Moses Malone's highlight. I look at Moses Malone, who he was as a rebounder, who he was as a defender, who he was as an offensive player, uh, an absolute beast in the time period where, you know, he he looked like a man among boys on some nights. And those Sixers years, uh, you know, he's as decorated as he is. But uh, it, it, that production and that resume is undeniable, but also the era he did it in is very respectful um, and, and respectable. And, and he pushed the game forward. One of the best bigs to ever play the game. Um, you know, rest in peace, Moses Malone. Dr. J, Julius Irving, you know, a guy that was ahead of his time, um, but a guy that would go to Rucker, show out, a guy that would go to ABA, show out, put on a show, a guy in the NBA, put on a show. When you think about talent, when you think about electricity, when you think about, um, you know, those things and you think about, uh, athleticism and things like that. You think about Dr. J, you think about Julia serving, you think about finesse and uh, showmanship at the rim, his finishing ability, his ability to hang and glide in the air. Uh, you know, who wasn't inspired by Dr. J? Dr. J is one of the first names you hear of when you look at basketball and you're coming up as a kid to this day, you know, Dr. J and uh, he right, rightfully so because he had it. He was a generational, he was a gift to the game. He was a guy that was way ahead of his time. He was a guy that would have still been good today in today's game. Um, and, and physically speaking, you know, what a what a performer you know what a talent um much respect to him and a, and a great resume and a long career and a decorated career and a diverse career went everywhere and did good uh next guy i got on here gary payton gary payton the glove you know the best guard defender we've ever seen uh you know i think gary payton when i think of gary payton i think of the guy that he didn't shut him down but he was able to hold michael jordan like 22 23 a game um seattle sonics you know years uh very very uh elite at what he did also a good offensive player you know he could um shoot the ball he could pass the ball he could finish uh came out of oakland you know he had that element to his game he's one of the origin original guys that had that you know i'm from the street street game you know i'm from the inner cities like this is my life like i'm gonna go grind for what i gotta get and um you know you saw it in, in every moment on the basketball court that he played he was a absolute dog uh next guy I got on here man my guy man gilbert arenas you know gilbert arenas was so fucking good the talent at his peak the ability at his peak he should be closer to the top 25 group here that's how good the ability was, but he got hurt. People think it was the gun incident that brought him out of the league. No, no, no. Gerald Wallace fell on his knee and it cracked his knee and it fucking in 07. That was it, you know, and, and his game wasn't the same again. But the three year run that Gilbert saw is one of the best point guards to play the game. Everything that a Steph and Dame do now, Gilbert did it first. Everything that a Kyrie, not a Kyrie, he's different, but Dame and Steph pulling up from deep. You know, all the things you see guards do now, Dame was doing, uh, Gilbert was doing that when it wasn't cool. Another guy that was a rebel, he had incredible athleticism. I think he ran track when he was in high school. Um, and then he had this, you know, incredible basketball skill set, just a bull going on the hoop, could play in the post, could move without the ball, shoot the ball, shoot the ball with range. Uh, ridiculous first step, but control, body control and skill, uh, an elite finisher. And then, you know, the ability to just, yo, in attack mode all game, put up 40, put up 50, you know, put up 60 against Kobe. The guards that he did it against, like, that's what blows me away. D Wade, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, all in my top 25 at their peaks. Gilbert had multiple nights where he outshined them. And that means everything to me um, from an individual talent standpoint. This guy right here in that three-year run is one of the best point guards to ever live. And, uh, you know, put it like this. If you bring him to today's game, you know, you give him the right situation and he starts winning, he could be looked at as the best point guard in the game. If you brought that Pete Gilbert to today's game, absolute dog. Um, you know, hate that he got hurt, but he had a five-year run. If you really go look at the numbers and the awards, he had a five-year run. Go look it up. Then go watch the footage, more importantly. 
And next guy I got on here, Chris Weber. Chris Weber was a guy that put up Duncan and Garnett type numbers, similar production for like a 10, eight, uh, an eight to 10 year span. And uh, man, those Kings never won a chip, but he, he was right there. And I'm so happy he went into the Hall of Fame. Shooting ability, that scoring touch, but the passing ability, man. You know, you see Jokic now. Chris Weber had that then too. Chris Weber had the ability to run the floor. He was ahead of his time. He evolved the position. He was able to step out and, and dance on you a little bit and uh, break you down from the wing. And, and it, he was a guy that pushed the game forward and evolved the game. Um, you know, a bully as well. You know, Chris Weber had it all, man. And Chris Weber, if you look at everything that he's done, he should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Uh, he's high up here for me, man. I wish you won a ring. Um, he came close a few times. But, uh, you know, again, another thing with situations, there was just better teams with better players and better talent all at once. And they, he, they just couldn't get over the edge. And a couple of times it was with the officials too, right? Um, next guy, John Stockton, you know, a top five pure point guard to play the game, the longevity that he had, the playmaking ability that he had, textbook, you know, in the pick and roll with Carl Malone, what they did, a legendary run in Utah. Uh, he was a master at what he did. He was a master in the way the game was played then. And, uh, you know, there's a reason they took Jordan to those limits that they did. Um, John Stockton is one half of that reason, you know, uh, much respect to him. Uh, great player, great all-time player, great point guard, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, but the run is just incredible. The resume and the numbers are undeniable and the records. Uh, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard should have been on the NBA's top 75 as a lock. But again, they wanted to be nice to the veterans. They wanted to be nice to the pioneers. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that took the hit for that. Uh, Dwight Howard is the modern day freaking nature. You know, you look at the game, you know, uh, they say Wilt was this and that. I wonder what he would have done to a guy like Dwight. You know, uh, Dwight Howard was like David Robinson with explosiveness in terms of physical specimen. Um, Dwight Howard had a 40-inch vert, close to 40-inch vert. Dwight Howard was coming straight out of Atlanta, Georgia, you know, out of the south, you know, with that farmer strength and just workhorse, you know, blue collar. I know Dwight Howard well. We, we did a mini doc on Dwight years ago, one of the hardest workers in the league that we don't – this not talked about enough, but you see why he's still here. You see why he's still able to move around and survive. But, um, you know, in elite shape, a freak in nature, physically imposing. And then you look at the resume, you look at the defensive player of the year, Dwight Howard's highlight reel. Dwight Howard at his peak as a leader took a team to the finals, you know. But more than anything, you know, his defensive presence, how he made LeBron stay out of the paint, Wade stay out of the paint. Kobe had to adjust his shot, you know, like, yo, like Dwight Howard is a modern day Goliath type physical specimen and he had basketball mind and uh, you know it, it just came easy to him but the dude worked so fucking hard man much respect to him one of the greatest that ever did it possibly could have been top 25 man if shit lined up uh, championship wise uh, the game changed on him too you know he was dominant speaking of dominant Amari Stoudemire Amari Stoudemire is a lock right here you know I got Amari Stoudemire on this list because Amari Stoudemire had the numbers. Amari Stoudemire had the accolades. Amari Stoudemire at his peak in the golden age of power forwards was a monster that they could not stop. He did whatever he wanted. He would put up 44 and 18 on you. And, uh, you know, the Suns came close to a few championship moments. And uh, Robert Horry might have fucked that up a few times. Or sorry, that one time. Amari at his peak was a problem. And everyone knows who he was. Uh, watch how quick he was coming out of high school. Watch how explosive he watch, was. Watch him in the in the uh, pick and roll with Steve Nash and, you know, how he was able to do so much and be such a problem to guard. You just couldn't do anything with him, right? And he ran the floor and shit like that. Physical specimen, uh, skilled, uh, just a dog and just a force and a freak of nature. Generational type stuff, evolution type stuff right here. You know, modern day, you know, just beast. 
Uh, quick first step, two out of triple threat, man. Ridiculously quick first step. Uh, next one, Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins, to me, was at moments, I look at the tape and I look back on the numbers and the stats, uh, but the eye test especially might have been the second best wing in Jordan's time. You know, you never got to honor that because they never won. But Dominique was a guy that put up 50, you know, he got buckets, uh, put up 30, you know, and, and had 60 point game. Like, yo, that's the height of everything, you know, but Dominique Wilkins pushed the game forward. He was the evolution of the game too, because, you know, he and Jordan were the guys that were human highlight reels, you know, and, but they were gliding in the air, flying in the air, hanging in the air. And then they also had this skill level and this footwork and shooting ability, right? Dominique had that obviously not on Jordan's level, but he was like, he was the other guy that I feel like had it. Um, Penny, would have panned out. And, and then this next guy right here, fuck, man, another guy that got hurt, but Grant Hill at his peak is a top 75 to ever step foot on the basketball court. Another guy that was supposed to rival Jordan, you know, quick first step, uh, slashing ability, you know, the modern day wing, you know, guard and uh, lead forward, you know, um, running your offense, playing, making, shoot, shooting, getting to the cup, getting over the rim, you know, playing above the rim, dunking on your big, Nasty, nasty skill set. He had it all. Great all-around player. Um, you know, in his time period, you could kind of compare him to a guy like, you know, not obviously on that level, but he played the game and approached the game similarly to LeBron James. Uh, it, it's just injuries took a toll on him. But even the resume, so even then the resume, the numbers, the accolades, it's phenomenal. And I'm glad he made the Hall of Fame. He deserved that. It would have been crazy if he stayed healthy. You know, I think Jordan would have had a, 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 a rival in Grant Hill. Uh, you know, next guy I got on here, Nikola Jokic, you know, not, nothing needs to explain. You already know best passing big man in the game, uh, uh, MVP in his time. He's a guy, he's an evolution of the game too. Came from, uh, you know, Serbia and, uh, you know, showed us what it's like when you just rep out the game all day, play the game all day, you know, work on your game all day, work on your craft all day. And, uh, you know, high basketball IQ, incredible feel for the game and, um, you know, just a great mind for the game. And it comes so easy to him. You know, the Nuggets, I think, have a chance to win a championship still with him at the at the uh, center position, running the offense through him. Uh, he for sure is one of the best bigs to ever play the game. Top 50 I've seen. Top 50 talent I've seen. Uh, next guy I got on here is his peer, Joel Embiid. You know, shout out to him. These two are the two best probably bigs, traditional bigs in the game to me uh, on the fact that, Joel is a product of Hakeem. Jo Joel is a product of um, Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, those guys. But the other night, last week, I saw him hit a fucking fadeaway turnaround, swish it at the buzzer over two Bulls players. And I'm like, look what the game has become, man. Like, what are people watching? Imagine showing someone this footage 30, 40 years ago. They'd be blown away. Uh, Joel has that. Joel is a guy that, you know, can go on the low block. He's a guy that I wish played in the 90s with those other bigs, you know, the golden age of bigs. Um you know, and uh, it would have been crazy to see what he does at that level with those guys. But, um, you know, a, a force and skilled and physically imposing. Uh, let's see how the Sixers can go, how far the Sixers can go with him if he can stay healthy. But decorated everything. He's already done it all uh, outside of like win and things like that. Um, next guy I got on here. It's the next two I'm going to name. I'm going to name them together. Uh, Jason Kidd and Steve Nash. You know, I'll never forget when I asked Iverson, I said, who's the toughest guard? He said it was Steve Nash. I didn't know what the fuck he was going to do. Also, on top of that, he wouldn't stop running. Um, he, he was just constantly in attack mode, but he didn't know what he was going to do, and he would never get tired. Jason Kidd, probably the greatest passer of his time. Um, these two guys were pure points in that age. They sped the game up. They changed the game. They made it cool to be a playmaking point guard. You know, they made it cool to, you know, they brought this like, you know, they brought this hip hop to their game. You know, they brought this nastiness to their game on top of, 
you know, like a John Stockton. They made it a little bit more flashy. They made it a little bit more cool to be a pure point and make those plays. And, and you know, they inspired a lot of guys, you know. And uh, these are two of the best that ever did it, two Hall of Fame point guards. Uh, their talent level was through the roof. Uh, Steve Nash never got that chip, but Jason Kidd, the moment he got the situation, did. And I'm sure Steve Nash would have too, you know, but individually, uh, talent-wise, accolades-wise, stat-wise, eye test-wise, incredible. And I'll never forget this duel they had. I think it was back in 07. Nash and Kidd went at it, man. It's one of the greatest games I've ever watched. Go check it out. Um, next guy, Ray Allen, man. Ray Allen was more than a shooter. Ray Allen was more than the game six game winner, uh, clutch shot against the Spurs or – you know, um, Ray Allen was more than the champion that you saw in Boston. Those were like the final years and the cherry on top of one of the great careers and the great talents in the game. Uh, All-around player when he came in out of Milwaukee, he could put up 40 and 50. Textbook, you know, he could do it all, defend your best player, play above the rim, you know, be in the mid-range, move without the ball, just a marksman. And then the best shooter that we saw in that time period before Curry came in, and right, Clay. But, you know, again, a top three shooter that I've ever seen, uh, but a pure scorer as well, you know. Uh, I think Ray Allen must have got disrespected when they used to call him a shooter because he was a pure scorer. And uh, look at his peers, man. Look at the guards that he was playing up against, Kobe and T-Mac and AI and Vince and those guys. And Ray Allen always held his own, man. Much respect to him. Uh, next guy, Derek Rose. You know, Derek Rose, again, another guy. If you want to show someone the evolution of the game, I'm going to name these two together, Derek Rose and Russell Westbrook. If you want to show some of the evolution of the game, show them these two. Show them footage of what these guys are doing now and compared to the 60s and 70s. Freaks of nature came from that, you know, uh, AAU scene, the explosion on the high school scene that happened. Um, you know, products of just like straight up athletic. You know, you're looking at two of the nastiest talents in the history of the game. They were an extension of what Marbury, Baron Davis, and Steve Francis were. And then they put it together and they won. They had accolades. They were MVPs in the league. That's what Steve Francis, Stephon Marbury, and Baron Davis are. You know, cranked up a little bit. You know, uh, speed it up a little bit. Make them jump higher a little bit. Give them a little bit more skill. And then give them the situation. And that's what you get. Freaks of nature, man. The evolution just kept going on, man. Look at that. Um, Derek Rose, I hate that he got hurt. I think he could have been top 25. Uh, love that he's still here, though. It's just that the casual narrative just fucked up his prime. Like, people just didn't believe in him for five years. What he's doing now in New York, he might have just done in 2015, 16, 17. But people were so busy doing some other shit, whatever. Um, you know, Chris Paul, again, another top five pure point guard to play the game. Him, Nash, Kidd, Stockton, or Locks and that. Uh, CP3, when he came out in the league, man, such a mature guard. Uh, you know, so just smart with the game. Quick as quick as shit. You know, um, skilled and, and supremely skilled, smart smarts for the game, still here, still to this day is dominating, um, playing his game and controlling the game. Uh, the point guard, that's why they call him that. You know, he's a lock. Uh, next guy I got, Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard, man. The heart, the will, the skill, the passion, the work ethic, the grind that he's gone through, the journey he's been on. Uh, I was so happy when he's named the NBA 75 because he deserves that shit, man. Uh, we haven't seen anything quite like this. You want to see peak Dame? Go watch 55 last week, last year in the playoffs, man. That's video game type stuff. Again, something you show from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and they say this is not human. This is like fucking some other shit that you showed us, right? Uh, he looked like an alien. And uh, Dame is that. Dame is... A guy that worked his ass off, came out of Weber State, grinded his way to the top, grinded his way to the league, barely got in to college. And, and look what he's made it, man. Um, 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, the body of work, the stats, and and just who he is as an individual talent. I think I put him right there with um, the guys in the next 25. It's just that I couldn't give him the nod because those guys have certain accolades that make it hard to get into that group. But Dame Lillard on a, on a point guard level from a scoring point guard standpoint, a top five scoring point guard we've ever seen. 
you know, he's, he, that's what Gilbert probably would have been if he was healthy, you know, and uh, these are some of the best of the best to ever do it. They have a little bit of what Kobe had and AI had just killers, you know, um, next guy, uh, Vince Carter, you know, Vince Carter, again, another guy that could have been top 25, but uh, fuck, what do you say? You know, you want to look at the evolution of the game. You want to look at what a product of Michael Jordan is, is that 48 inch vert, uh, showmanship, athleticism, shot making skill, had everything that a Kobe and a Jordan had just never put it together all the way to where it was celebrated on a winning level. Naturally, he was just such a talent. Naturally, he was such a force. He was such a phenomenal, just like, you know, uh, performer. Um, one of the best we've ever seen in the most advanced era. If I think of advanced basketball and evolution of the game, I think of Vince Carter. These are monsters like you're looking at. Monsters that we'll probably never see again, you know. We got guys like Zach Levine doing that now, but like Vince Carter did it for seven, eight years, nine years as a lead guy and had one hell of a long career. Uh, he's a lock. Um, I might even think that for some nights I always think was Vince top 25. It's just the resume never completed the picture, but the eye test was out of the world. Um, he could box with anyone on his best day, anyone ever, and they'd respect him. You know, go read what Kobe said about Vince and Mamba mentality. Uh, next guy, Charles Barkley, man. Charles Barkley, undersized at his position, but overachieved so much because of his heart, his hustle, his passion, his skill, and his mind for the game. He was a dog. He was a beast on the boards um, in his time. He was an MVP, you know, decorated, put up numbers. Uh, you know, did the he the game? He was a natural basketball player. You know, he could eat a pizza and come out and put fifty up on you. Um, I don't know where he fit in today, but what he did in his time is undeniable. And uh, you know, just played so fucking hard, man, every single night. And and you, I just appreciate that guy's toughness and and just his grit and his skill level. He had it all. Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing, what an enforcer. What a force down low on the block. Uh, he was a finger roll away from the finals, man, and it probably eats him up to this day, but he was a game changer. Came out of Georgetown, did so much, you know, uh, such a just dominant presence down low on the block. In the golden age of bigs, he was one of the best bigs. He had footwork, he had skills. He could even handle a little bit, you know, but back to the basket on the block, he was such a monster, man. How do you stop him? How do you even get around him? How do you even push him and bump with a guy like that? On top of that, he had a skill level and a scoring touch and just this, you know, chemistry with the fucking rim and his teammates and it was just like a, a guy that really took over the game from the low block um one of the best players to never win a championship but an absolute force you know the next guy I got on here he's the final guy on this list paul george uh paul george to me some days i wonder is he a top 25 talent just on eye test it's the resume and shit that doesn't get him in because the next resumes are just insane you know but paul george man fuck what do you say smooth Six eight, six nine, handles the ball, playmaking. I'm glad that he's the people are realizing, you know, and everything I tell you, realize put the offense in his hands, put the ball in his hands. This is one of the best wings of our time. Um, kind of like an extension of a T Mac because he had a longer run. Uh, but you know, uh, just such a fucking all right, man. My top 25. This is easy. Um, these guys' resumes were undeniable, but some of these guys that uh, a casual fan or or you know, an everyday media person in the NBA that may not think, oh, what the fuck is he doing here? You know, or the impact geeks, you know, that think everything's about what your team did, you know, not understand what this list is about. Um, individual talents and brilliance. That's what we're celebrating. Uh, first off, I want to kick it off right away right now. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the greatest basketball resume probably ever start to finish. If you include college, high school, all those things, uh, you know, sky hook, the skill level, the, uh, the just the, patience that he had these guys played a different type of game they had this touch this supreme just like grace to their game and just this fucking 
you know, mastery that they played the game with, you know, and he did what he did in his time. He would have done that in other other eras as well. I would have loved to see him play in the golden age of bigs, um, you know, but it would have been crazy to see, you know, incredible talent. Um, Giannis, you know, Giannis enters this group this for, this year for me uh, because on the fact that uh, the resume is undeniable. And then you take him, another guy that you want to show some of the evolution of the game, show him Giannis at that size. You know, Garnett and Duncan couldn't move like that, and they weren't freakishly athletic like that. Um, doesn't have the skill that they have, but the resume is on pace to be there potentially one day. And, uh, you know, defensive player of the year, MVP, how do I deny that, right? And then on top of that, you've got a guy that did it in this age, advanced age. He's a modern-day freak of nature, and you look at this guy and you see everything that I'm talking about when I say advanced specimens in the history of the game. You know, we're in a crazy video game type era. Uh, it's because of guys like this. Uh, next one, Zeke, Isaiah Thomas. Um, he was the originator. He was the original before the AIs, before the Marbury's and the Derrick Rose and the Steve Francis and these guys. It was him. He was the guy that created that style and that flair. You know, he brought it from Chicago and played the game with a chip on his shoulder and passion and heart and just so much skill. He was just, he had this slithery skill set, slippery, you know, hard to catch, nasty ball handling ability, natural playmaking ability, shot making ability, mid range ability, finishing ability, kept coming at your chest. One at the highest level. Who else could say I beat the GOAT repeatedly? Not many people. He says it. <laughs> I don't blame him either, man. He, he's got all that. Um, Kawhi Leonard, you know, Kawhi Leonard entered this group for me this year because I think he took this shit to another level, you know, with uh, his work ethic, you know, became a three-level scorer, became a guy that is strong, hard to guard, and, uh, you know, just very, very uh, physically imposing on both ends of the court. And then he got buckets at the highest level on the highest stages in basketball, man. What do you say? You know, it's hard to deny that. You look at Kawhi Leonard. You want me to ask me the evolution of the game? You look at Kawhi Leonard. That's the evolution of the game. Again, another product of Michael Jordan, right? Uh, the greatest player that ever lived. Uh, next name we got on here, I'm going to put these two together, Shaq and Wilt, uh, the two most dominant players in the history of the sport. Wilt, we don't have footage of like that, although we did just see that HD footage, which was crazy, right? Um, Wilt and Shaq are uh, the two most dominant that I've ever you know, heard of and seen. Obviously, I didn't see Wilt. Shaq, for sure, uh, you know, just... We won't see that shit again. We won't see that again. I'm convinced we won't see that again. God-given ability physically, and then they paired it with their basketball mind and skill, and you had incredible resumes and numbers. Uh, just pure destruction and dominance, man. Uh, James Harden, you know, a unique game-changing talent. You could say what you want. Some people don't like his game. Some people do. I, I call him a pure hooper, you know. At the end of the day, that's a guy that dominated this game for a decade now uh, with pure skill. Um, and, and just craft, you know, and as a lefty at 6'5", hard to guard, blows by you at his peak. You know, I'm, I hate that he's kind of losing his quick twitch and, and his blow by right now. But, I mean, he's still so elite. This is James Harden at his worst, and look what he's doing, 18, 11, and 11 and shit like that. You know, a pure point while being a pure scorer, 6'5", um, hard to guard, blows by you plays at the rim, physical, knows how to get to the line, shot making, then the resume, then the stats, the body of work. Come on, easy, easy. He's a lock. Uh, David Robinson, you know, an MVP, a guy that put up 70 in a game. A guy as a lefty, though, so hard to guard as well. You know, uh, quick and agile and mobile and strong and, you know, very happy that he got that championship. That completed one of the greatest careers in basketball. Uh, you know, he came out of um, uh, the Navy, I think it was, and just, you know, took the league by storm, you know, and uh, 
just such a dominant force, but he had this skill level, man. And I think he could have played today easily, pretty easily, because he could step outside and shoot that elbow jumper was money, baseline jumper was money. Um, he probably would have been able to easily adapt and, and pick up on a three-point shot as well. Uh, but a guy that would dominate any era before him and play in today's era if, if, if you know, if you bought him here. Carl uh, Malone, you know, incredible resume, incredible stats, played the game, dominated the game on the low block. Uh, in the golden age of bigs, he was probably the best big for a moment. And uh, an MVP in Jordan's time, who took MVPs from the GOAT? That means something, you know, um, and uh, easy, easy lock, always will be. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird locks, they were the leaders of the evolution of the game. Not only did they save the NBA, they made the NBA really cool, and they made kids want to pick up a ball. Larry was a pure bucket getter. Larry wanted you to go get buckets. I don't know if how these guys would do in today's game. I don't know if they uh, – there's probably guys in the 50, 26 to 51 that had more ability, but – what these guys did from a resume standpoint, statistical standpoint, and what their impact was on the game and who they were and who they are to the culture and what they mean to the game, man. You got to have them here. You got to have them here. Who knows where we are without a Larry? Who knows where we are without a Magic, right? Um, those guys were looked at as the perfectionists of their craft and the masters of their specific craft. Magic as a pure point is running the show. Larry is a bucket getting wing. You know, you got to have them here, man. Uh, skill level was out the roof, though. Dirk Nowitzki, I think, is the most disrespected and overlooked, uh, you know, all-time talent. I have him, if I were to rank this shit, probably close to my top 15. What Dirk did, the time he did it, they're still trying to replicate Dirk, but they can't. You know, another part of the evolution of the game. Who the hell ever thought we'd see a near seven-footer step it out like that, um, you know, and and just be so skilled and it comes so natural to him and he has such a good natural feel for the game. High arcing jumper, the footwork, um, the shot-making ability that he had. And just, you know, the soft label, he shook it off. He was tough. And on the grandest stages in basketball, man, he competed in the golden age of power forwards. I think he's right behind Duncan and Garnett. Um, and, uh, you know, he he's he's one of the best that ever did it. He's one of the most unique that ever did it. We won't ever see another Dirk Nowitzki quite like that again, probably. You know, an MVP and a champion, what more do you say, right? The greatest finals run probably of this modern generation or this my era that I saw post-2010, at least, that we all saw that we can all agree we saw, like, that's Dirk, you know, what he did that year in 2011. Fuck, I'll never forget that. Uh, next, you guys, I kind of leaked it anyways now with this. Uh, Duncan and Garnett. I think Duncan is the greatest power forward ever. I think Garnett is the best power forward ever. Best meaning ability, best meaning I could guard your wing, I could guard the low block, I could board, I could get, grab rebounds, I could run the floor, I could step outside with it, handle the ball, I could play on the block, I could do it all, I could block shots. Um you know, go look up Garnett in that Team USA footage. If you want to look at talent, if you want to look at ability, go look at that. Playing one on one with Vince, playing one on one with J Kid, playing one on one with I think it was Grant Hill, guys like that. Um, you know, just next level shit. And then Duncan to do what he did, pure excellence. You know, the big fundamental. Tim Duncan down low on the block. Tim Duncan controlling the paint, his patience, his timing, his gravity, his dominance, and his dynasty. You know, leading way like it was just nuts. You know, to the best at that position. Period. Uh, you know, I don't think. The game is played like that anymore, but you know, if they if that is those the two guys I would look to, you know, um, and idolize, and they do. Uh, next up is a guy named LeBron James. <laughs> you know, I think LeBron James right now, uh, if it were to end tonight or tomorrow, you know, and he were to retire, is I would call him the third best basketball player I've ever seen behind Kobe and Michael. Uh, but you know, LeBron. Come on, man. What do you say about LeBron, dog? This is a Mount Rushmore talent. This is a guy that exceeded all expectations. This is a guy that if you put him in any other era, he gets better and better. Uh, a freak of nature that had skill, a freak of nature that had a mind for the game, a freak of nature that took, 
you know, all the tools and resources he had and maximized. If you want to look at evolution of the game, look at LeBron James. If you want to look at the face of the evolution of the game, look at LeBron James, you know, and uh, he's a goat in his own right, just like uh, a lot of these guys are. But, yo, um, the run that he's had, the numbers that he's put up, the accolades he has paired with the eye test, we've never seen anything quite like this, and we probably never, ever will again. So much respect to him. Uh, D-Wade, you know, um, what do you say, dog? D-Wade, you know, people forget what D-Wade was uh, because, you know, at his peak, you know, he he started sacrificing and he sacrificed to allow that Heat team to win championships. But Dwayne Wade, as what he could do to a defense, carve up a defense, the way he could break down a defense, the way he could uh, play above the rim. Another guy that I look at when I look at the evolution of the game, it's scary what Dwayne Wade was at his peak, you know, as a, as a shot maker, as a, as a ball handler, as a defender, as a closer, as in just in a you know, in a, in a, in a terms of dominating a game, he could do so much and do it in so many different ways. A problem in, in, in a modern day athlete, just genetically gifted, trained, took that shit to new heights, skill, everything got put together. And you had one of the great greatest to ever do it um, on both ends, you know, a just absolute dog and such a joy to watch him. We're so lucky to have witnessed Dwayne Wade. Um, Another guy we're very lucky to have witnessed, Kevin Durant, you know, generational type stuff. I think he has a chance to be in that convo with LeBron, Katie, uh, LeBron, Kobe, and uh, Michael when it's all said and done. Um, the abilities out the world, uh, the talent level that we've seen, he, we're never going to see this type of player again. Um, you know, a gift to the game, a pure hooper, an absolute master of his craft. Uh, just, you know, just enjoy what he's doing, dog. And uh, next up, we got Kyrie Irving. In my mind, is the most skilled point guard who ever played the game, you know. Uh, the things he does with the basketball, you know, it's like Kobe Bryant mini six two six three Kobe, footwork, one on one, isolation mastery, uh, won a championship. You know, never forget Kyrie Irving is an NBA champion. Kyrie Irving, if you go watch the twenty sixteen NBA Finals, that is one of the greatest and most brilliant performances in NBA history. What he did in sixteen, make a three one comeback with them, it was just phenomenal shit, man. Much respect to that guy. Um, hope to see him back out there soon. He's easy top 25 that I've ever seen. And you could ask his peers and the guys that had to guard him. They all say it anyways. Um, another guy that if you ask his peers who he was, uh, a bully, Carmelo Anthony, one of the greatest to ever do it. One of the top five peer scores I've seen, an unstoppable force, an unstoppable physical specimen that had all the skill in the world. You want to see the evolution of the wing? Go look at Carmelo Anthony. Um, you know, twice the size of the big, of the small forwards you saw in the 70s, 80s, um, two times quicker and then two times more skilled and everything's just happening so quick. It's a peak level of basketball. He's a bully. He could take you on the block. Um, you know, face-up game, mid-post game, the jab series, and just the things that he could do with the basketball and, and the shot making, the jumper, the purest jumper that I've ever seen. Shot is wet. You could hear the fucking net in, in the arena, and it was just, hey, yo, come on, man. Carmelo Anthony, I'm going to keep talking about him because he's one of the best to do it. He's absolutely top 25. Eh, just put on YouTube and watch the footage. Fuck all the other shit. You can look at the resume and stats if you want to. Decorate it, and he's a winner. Uh, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player that ever lived. Thank you, Michael Jordan. This list wouldn't be possible without you. Michael Jordan is who all these guys, the, the, all these guys are a product of Michael Jordan. He created the evolution. He, God put him here and said, push the game forward. He was 35 years ahead of his time. You put him now, he's still the best player in the league. You know, still the best athlete in the league. Um, uh, Michael Jordan, the ultimate, the goat, the, the guy, the originator, that the the guy that gave us this game and made it what it was and took what he saw from the David Thompsons and the the um, you know, uh, Elgin Baylor's and the Jerry West and took it to God tier levels and, and freakish levels. 
Um, don't got to say about, much about Michael Jordan. He is basketball. Uh, Stephen Curry, the greatest shooter we've ever seen. And look, I'm going to tell you this right now, dog. If the Warriors win this chip, this guy's going to get to the point where you remember how when Kobe won his fourth in Orlando, it's getting to that point. Uh, a master of his craft, um, pure love and dedication to the game got him here. Pure reps and just studying the game and just really being a student of the game and just being humble and just being, you know, a, a, a silent assassin and a killer and a laid back, cool and chilly, you know, competitor, man. And and doing it in a way with such class and perfection and just such, you know, discipline and uh, a pro's pro. Uh, one of the best ball handlers we've seen, one of the best shot makers we've seen, the best shooter we've ever seen, uh, an elite finisher and a, and a guy that maximized his physical tools, you know, maximized what he was given through hard work and dedication. Steph Curry was never supposed to be as good as he was. Steph Curry was never supposed to be on this list. But Steph Curry put on the work and he made sure he's at the top or near the top of this list. And he will be forever. But I think if, this story's not ending. And I'm seeing this guy and I just see a gifted basketball player and i see a gifted athlete and a mind for the game you know and i and i love to see it one of my favorites to watch uh tracy mcgrady <laughs> you know uh, the casuals are flipping out oh my god he overrated tracy mcgrady no i didn't i named michael jordan i named lebron james i named Kevin durant so far i'm gonna name the best player i've ever seen let's just put it this way and carmelo anthony those are the most monster talents in the history of the game um, on their best day, if you brought him on their best day and you brought Tracy McGrady on his best day to a basketball court and you gave everyone an even playing field and you gave everyone an even situation and an even team, there is a chance Tracy McGrady walks out as the top dog and he would do it fresh out of bed in fucking sweatpants and on no breakfast, a natural talent, you know, had that uh, just flow and swagger and rhythm and shot making and ball handling. And he inspired the Katie's. He had that handle, the, sh the originator, you know, the pure score, the purest, the talent, the, just the defense, the athleticism, all those things put together, man, everything I ever speak on T-Mac is that at his peak, never had the situation got hurt, but at his, at his absolute apex was in a conversation. And I love it because back then you didn't go by, Oh, how many rings does a guy have? You did the eye test then. You know, um, because the only people that really love basketball watched it this time. The conversation was who's the best in the game, Kobe or T-Mac. And that means everything. And T-Mac is a god-tier talent in terms of his ability and arsenal. Uh, uh, next one, Allen Iverson, my favorite player of all time. A guy I had the honor of interviewing and, and you know, really, you know, bringing on in this movement and, and being – he was one of the lead guys, you know, the first guys, and it was such a blessing. But, no, listen, the pound for pound, the greatest player we've ever seen, the best little guard we've ever seen. Every single guard that I named here that was from today's era is a product of Allen Iverson, the scoring point guard. Made it cool for the small guy who averaged 30. Um, we'll never see that again. I think to this day he's the third best guard I've ever seen. Different conversation. Look at the numbers. Look at the resume. Look at the run. Look at what he did in 900 games. Look at what he did in the minutes he played through the injuries and pain and all that. Um, what he means to the game, where he came from, the athleticism, the skill, the heart, the fire that he played with every single night. We'll never see it again. The art, artistry and the creativity, man. Uh, generational stuff, man. A true gift to the game. And, um, you know, a true game changer. One of the nastiest talents we've ever seen. To this day, if I put him out, all these guys that I named, Steph, Kyrie, Dame, D. Rose, Russ, Francis, Barron, Isaiah. Iverson to me is the best, man. You could call me biased, but I think if you put those guys in front of this Iverson at his peak, they ain't doing shit with him. They ain't doing shit to him. Unless Derrick Rose healthy, he could really box with him, but like physically because of that. But fuck Iverson at his peak, man.
I think he's the third best guard ever. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, I think, is the best center to ever play the game, the best big man to play the game, the best, um, you know, in terms of his skill level, in terms of his footwork, in terms of his touch, in terms of his shot making, in terms of who he was on the block defensively, offensively, was the best player in the game the moment Jordan left. He probably would have won more rings if there was no Michael Jordan there in that era. Uh, the best big that I've seen, the most skilled and the most dynamic big that I've ever seen, the true center position, the master of that position. I said this list not in order, and it's not, but there's a reason I put Kobe at the end. Kobe Bryant's the best basketball player that ever lived in my mind. I think he took what Michael Jordan did, and he expanded on it. He added layers to it. He did it against tougher defenses. He expanded on it with his skills. He expanded on it with his work ethic. I think he equaled up his body close to that level, and then the skills he took to a whole different level through the work, constant work, obsession with the game, passion for the game. I miss him. I talk about his game every day to forget what happened. I hate that he was taken from us from a, at a young age abruptly. Uh, but, you know, I will continue to celebrate this man right here as the best player that ever played the game. And that's exactly what he was. And there's a lot of fucking players that saw this guy. And trust you, me, there's a lot of guys that have come on the show and they will tell you, yes, you're correct when you say Kobe Bryant. And the players are the real experts. Kobe Bryant is the best basketball player that we've ever seen. That's my 75, and you look at this list, and I'm going to post this list properly. It's just straight talent. It's straight ability. I'm sorry I couldn't put Chauncey Billups on there. I'm sorry I couldn't put Bradley Beal on there, a Kyle Lowry, a Tim Hardaway. Um, Bill Russell I left off out of respect. You know, I don't know about Bill Russell like that, but Bill Russell, I didn't want to rank him in shit because he means so much more to the game. Bill Russell means so much more to the culture and what he did to the game. It's beyond what he did on the court. Um you know, and, and and I left a few guys off. Ben Wallace maybe could have made it, but Dikembe made it over him. It was hard. It was hard doing this list. Um, but you're looking at 75 pure towns. You know, you want to talk about ability. This list is all ability at its peak. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we're going to have a lot of discussions about this, I'm sure.